Hello, longevity friends. I'm your host, Claudia from Berzelaga, and welcome to the Longevity and Lifestyle podcast, where I invite pioneers and thought leaders in all things longevity and lifestyle to give you the strategies, tools, and practices to live better and reach your highest potential. Today's guest is from my Instagram live deep dive conversation with a seasoned guest, Glycanage CEO and co-founder Nicolina Lauk. If you want to optimize your health for longer, the foundation is testing to know where you are however good or bad, in order to have a baseline to improve from there. One of the best ways I've found is by measuring your biological age through glycan age and then tweaking lifestyle interventions to improve your health, well-being and all-round life from there. In this episode, we dig into what is personalized biological age testing, what are glycans, why we want to know our biological age, what can influence it, what are good and not so good influences on biological age, what makes glycanage unique as an aging marker, details on how the testing process works, and much more. Also for you, dear audience, I've created a freebie with my 10 hacks to improve your life and longevity playbook. Just go to longevity-and-lifestyle.com and sign up to get your free copy of my playbook. Please enjoy. So why don't we kick off uh, in time? So um, Nina, can you give a brief introduction to who you are and what is Glycanage and what you do? Sure. So my name is Nina and I'm CEO of a biotech company that's a spin out out of a research lab. So we're not a traditional company in a way that we have over three decades of research behind us and mm-hmm. a data set of about 150,000 people followed for time. And we built this aging clock on top of it, which is based on the human glycan, which is also very new. Um, but I can tell you about it today. Really exciting. So what exactly is personalized biological age testing? What are glycans? And why do we even want to know our biological age? Well, that, so to start with also, um, so one of the, the founder of this lab is my father, <laughs> and he told me 11 years ago, I can measure biological aging. And 11 years ago, I didn't get it, and I didn't care. I was like, what is it? Why do you need And it, it felt superficial. So my first reaction was, oh, this is superficial. It didn't seem, uh, I didn't understand it from the perspective of health. But then if we understand aging from the perspective of health, and if we... Mm-hmm look at it as the start of decline that's the inflection point for all the disease that comes later on and if we tackle aging before it turns into disease then we're doing preventive health so if you're thinking about health if you think about your future health then you should be thinking about aging um, mm-hmm. and that's when it clicked and also the science is super exciting but the first thing we need to connect we need to connect our aging not to visual not to aesthetics but to what's happening internally and our health longevity in a way yeah, and I think it's that increasing the health span, right? I think, uh, you know, when I talk to people about longevity, there's kind of like, I don't want to be, you know, an old wrinkled up person longer on my sofa. It's actually about getting, you know, being preventative, like you were saying, and, and getting into the healthiest place possible and keeping that for a long time. So what are factors that influence biological age? Can you talk about that? So for us, we know the aging mechanism. So when we look at the glycans and glycan age, we're looking at your immune system. And through time, you accumulate this low-grade chronic inflammation. So it's inflammation. And that goes across many different things. So that's from diet to hormone health to, what, well, 
weight loss, weight gain. So things which we researched first were mm -hmm. weight loss, caloric restriction, because caloric restriction was one of the first things that extended lifespan in animal models. So we did a weight loss study where they did a diet, the bariatric surgery, which we don't endorse, but it's nice validation that weight loss works. Mm -hmm. uh, and we followed 2000 twins through 20 years. We saw that the people who are gaining weight age faster, the people who are losing weight age slower. So it's really important to be a healthy weight. And that's very different person to person. And you shouldn't be underweight either. Uh, but caloric restriction is an obvious one. Problem mm -hmm. is we don't want to be hungry. Nobody, nobody enjoys being hungry. <laughs> uh, so we looked at different diets. So we looked at a thousand people in five different diets. And the outcome was, even if you're on a high, a high carb or a high protein, low, mm -hmm. low carb, the chance is 50-50 is going to work for you. So for 50% of people, they're going to get younger. 50% of people are going to get older. So what's really important is to find the right diet for you. And this is where uh, glycan age is really uh, interesting because about 30 to 70% of these glycans are, uh, they're influenced by genes. So there is a, uh, the heritability is around 50% as an average. And then that combines with your current behavior and environment and put those things together. So when you're looking at something, you're looking at how, the, how is this influencing me and then finding the right intervention. And even if we look at sports, or different intervention, it has to be personalized to the individuals, uh, to the individual, otherwise no general health, very few general health advice is actually meaningful for you. So I really like that. So you're saying approximately 50% is lifestyle and environment. So 50% is genes, you can't, you can only, you know, do limited amount there, but 50% basically you can do in terms of lifestyle interventions, as you call them, right? Okay. Um, so there are different biomarkers out there. Can you talk about that? And what makes glycan age so unique? The first aging biomarkers, which were trialed as a biological aging clock, were telomeres. Mm -hmm. But over the last two, three decades of research, they were invalidated because they would first, they would fluctuate a lot as an aging clock. So you wouldn't get a reliable measurement. Mm -hmm. There was a big part which was heritable. And then also there was a very small percentage you can explain. So mm -hmm. you were not really sure why people had longer or shorter telomeres and, and they were not really predictably changeable with intervention. So they're not really used uh, in practice anymore. Mm -hmm. We published on the 10th of December, 2013, which is the same date that Steve Horvath published the methylation clock. <laughs> but a lot more- <laughs> Great minds think have... alike as they say, right? <laughs> Very different technologies, but a lot more people looked right. at methylation because you can do yeah. methylation in many different labs and you can look at glycans in only a couple labs in the, in the world. So, mm -hmm. but over the last decade, we had more successful trials in terms of intervention trials than methylation. And the biggest problem with methylation is that it's very accurate to chronological age. Mm -hmm. So you're only a couple years up or down of your chronological age. And if you want to explain it, you can just look at the age of a person and you, you know your age. Well, with glycans, they're very stable if you remeasure them. So you can get very stable repeat result. But then if you mm -hmm. intervene and you have a response in the person, you can shift it by a decade within a number of months. So they're a stable and changeable aging clock. And mm -hmm. we understand the mechanism. For methylation, it's still information. Nobody understands what's driving the clock. And we, we, we know that the mechanism is chronic inflammation. And we know that the same chronic inflammation is involved in 
uh, the majority of age-related diseases. Not, not all of them, but the majority of them. So what are some of the benefits? Um, let's talk about that for, for consumers, right? Because um, some people think this is you know, just something you can do at the doctor's office. But you know, can you explain what the, the benefits are and why this is really for everybody, male, female, no matter what age you are? Um, why is this such a, an amazing product um, and service that you offer? We can control our aging process. So it's something we all care about it, but it's something mm -hmm. moldable now. Mm -hmm. And that's our future health, so we can control it now. The problem with medicine, medicine as it is now, if you go mm -hmm. to your doctor, they can't help you until you are severely ill. So you have mm -hmm. to be, otherwise you're the word well. So if you care about your health, <laughs> and, and we check the hypochondriacs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do more regular checkups on our cars than we do on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's just insane. So that needs to flip over. And you don't have this yet on the NHS. It's going to be a long process until we get there. But you have it as, uh, you can buy it as a consumer. You can go to our uh, mm -hmm. functional medicine practitioners and use it to guide your interventions and personalize them and also find out where you are. Because you mm -hmm. may be doing all the right things, but you, you don't really have proof that they're working. So it's a nice way to see that they are actually, or, or you may be doing mistakes. A lot of people do a lot for their health and they actually mm -hmm. overdo it. And yeah. you need this early feedback to know if you're overdoing it. Another, it's motivational. So if you know you're doing all the wrong things and it's an early wake up call. So it tells you now, 20 years before something goes wrong or 10 years before something goes wrong, you uh -huh. should be changing your lifestyle and your behavior. And that's very motivating. Actually, when clients get higher biological age, they're, they're, it's like a personal insult. They're mm -hmm. highly motivated to change it. So we have very good success in, in reducing the scores because they come back, they lost a lot of weight, they did all these changes because <laughs> they uh -huh. got the news on time. We, we didn't uh -huh. wait until a disease, you got it before it happened. So can you break down exactly what that process looks like? Um, you know, can you, how, how does from A to B, so someone says, okay, I want to find out my, my biological age. What do I need to do? How do I order it? Uh, do I need a doctor? How does the whole process work? It's very simple now. So you can go, we have it as an e-commerce site, so you can go online, buy a box. Mm -hmm. And then doing the test is also really simple. That took a while. It took us about... Uh, three years to get to a stage where you can do it from four drops or like, uh, dry blood stains instead of having to go to a clinic, draw blood, and then uh, separate plasma, put on dry ice, ship it to a lab. So that was very complicated. <laughs> a little bit more complicated. Um, so now it's super simple. So it's a skin prick test with four drops of blood on a piece of paper. Is that right? Yeah. So you get these. There's about four lancets and some alcohol wipes and plasters for later. And then you have a card and you need about four drops of blood. So it's uh -huh. not a lot. It needs to be a good drop. So don't touch the paper because you can contaminate, wait until it's a ball. And pretty uh -huh. much every drop of blood, our clients go from age 21 to 94. So if they can do it, I'm pretty sure. 94. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and so it gets shipped off then. So you put the, the blood dries on the, the paper and then you ship it off to the lab. What happens then? When it reaches the lab, we fish out IgG, which is an antibody. And it's the most prevalent antibody in blood. 
because of COVID, we all know what antibodies are. So it's the <laughs> adaptive immune system. Yeah. Your immune system through life. And it's the slower part of the immune system. So it doesn't change so quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we cut off the glycans on your IgG. Mm-hmm. And we look at the composition. And you would have, we, we label them as good or bad or pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory structures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this changes with age. So you, the composition would naturally change. So all of us have a level of this chronic inflammation as we age, but mm-hmm. it's something moldable. So you can influence it with your behavior. If you're doing it as a consumer, it's mainly lifestyle intervention focused. So it's mm-hmm. on a way we'll get personalized guidance from us because every test comes with uh, a specialist consultation, but mm-hmm. the, uh, the implementation is based on you. And also in functional mm-hmm. medicine, the same thing, you have to go and do the work. Mm-hmm. And you can go to clinicians. So we work with quite a few menopause clinics and there the intervention is a therapy. So there are, you, you can influence it with therapies as well. And that's something mm-hmm. we can't do as a company, but you can go to your doctor and then combine the two things. So let's talk about um, some of the cases that you see or what have been some of the biggest surprises for consumers when they get the results back and they speak to this um, health coach that uh, as part of Glycan Age, um, you know, what are some of the surprises? Is it just purely, you know, f- food related? What are, what are the different drivers of biological age and, and what are some of the most common recommendations the health coaches give? If you're looking at non-menopause related, because menopause is a big surprise, but let's start <laughs> with, with non-menopause, uh, doing the wrong thing. So you have a mm-hmm. lot of people who are super healthy well, doing all these things for their health, but they're doing too much. So one mm-hmm. example is athletes. Mm-hmm. We thought that athletes would be much younger. We even did a big study of people going to the gym. And actually, over-exercise can create chronic inflammation and damage mm-hmm. your health, which is not mm-hmm. commonly known. Mm-hmm. Exercise at the right amount with the right type of nutritional support is good because it's like a natural shock to or a body to fix ourselves. Mm-hmm. So to build new tissue, new muscle, which is younger, which is healthier, that's great. But if we do too much of this damage and we don't allow it to repair or we don't feed the repair, then actually mm-hmm. we do the reverse and we create inflammation. So we mm-hmm. were very shocked. We had the study of women's bodybuilding mm-hmm. where all of them became much, much older and pro-inflammatory mm-hmm. uh, and they lost bone density. All of their, wow. we looked at gene expression. So all of the the whole immune system gets dysregulated uh, Mm -hmm. and they lose their cycle. So if you're looking Mm -hmm. at aging, this is menopause and it's Mm -hmm. osteopenia and this is young women over-exercising. So you can over-exercise and hence a lot of athletes actually do damage and they have uh, much shorter careers than you would in different industries. So you can, Mm -hmm. there is a cost to overdoing. And if you're an athlete, you're very well paid to wreck your body. It's great. You know, you, you, you get to pay that. That's one way of seeing it, I guess, right? <laughs> if you're an average person who just wants to be healthy, who's spending two hours in the gym and not properly feeding that repair or, 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 or accumulating the damage, then you have no benefit. <laughs> Maybe visual, but it, it, it's actually not good for your health. Uh, so that was but how do you shot. know when you're over exercising, let's say, I mean, obviously everybody's a little bit different, but you know, is there a rule of thumb that people can know that they're, they're over killing themselves basically? Probably glycans. So that's a big part of our research, 
-hmm. But one general rule that we know doesn't work is being on a caloric. So being on a caloric restriction diet on its own is beneficial. Exercising mm -hmm. on its own, we did sprint training, was beneficial. A, a group of young men in this case got younger. But if you combine the two things, so if you restrict your calories and exercise at the same time, then you do the reverse. You create chronic mm -hmm. inflammation and you, your biological age goes up. Mm -hmm. And that we call it energy insufficiency. So you are creating new muscle, but you're not feeding it. So you're not eating enough and you're not recovering mm -hmm. enough. And then you get the reverse effect. So we know that that as a general rule mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be good. But of course, it's very different. So it has to be still personalized. You, you can have, you can be a good athlete with good training age. So you can tolerate mm -hmm. a lot more or you may you have been exercising your whole life so you can tolerate mm -hmm. a lot more age mm -hmm. is a factor as well when you're young you recover much quicker as you mm -hmm. get into your 40s going to 60 they the, in a recent study the recovery time was two weeks from intense mm -hmm. exercise so wow. it, it, there's many factors that would influence so it has to be personalized and I wonder if, you know, it depends on the recovery almost as well, right? So say you were a professional athlete or you were, you know, training for something like a marathon. Are there certain interventions or mechanisms you can do to improve recovery so it's not so harsh on the body? Yes. In case studies, we don't have like a properly designed trial looking at cold therapy or any of the new recovery therapies but we see in individuals yeah. so athletes who are also biohackers mm -hmm. they can have phenomenally good results if they're doing the right things so they have none of the damage we would usually see so and, and you mm -hmm. do see this in the athletes who have very good longevity they really sacrifice a lot to get there you, they mm -hmm. would not drink they would sleep 12, 12 hours they would have an immaculate diet and have all kinds <laughs> of recovery <laughs> So you, yeah. you have to balance those two things out. The whole, the old theory of calories in, calories out doesn't work. You can't no. eat a rubbish diet and then sweat it out in the gym. That's <laughs> old news. It doesn't apply anymore. Well, it was never true. Exactly. It's about the, the quality as well. And obviously, we'd love to open up for questions. So if anyone's any question, feel free to um, to leave, leave it in here. We'll try to get to as many as possible. Um, and But I also wanted to touch on, I saw that a new study just came out um, that you guys did. Can you talk a bit about the study, particularly for women and women's health? We always saw that men and women age differently. So men were very straightforward. They just accumulate the, ba the bad in a straight line going up and lose the good <laughs> straight line going down. And then uh -huh. women had the curve. So in a way, they were protected against chronic inflammation in reproductive mm -hmm. age. And then as they get closer to menopause, they would have this accelerated biological aging. Now, we didn't know if this was menopause. We just saw that it happened from the age, started from the age of uh, 45, uh, mm -hmm. between 55, and then they would stabilize. So we assume this, that this is driven by menopause. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, we had a study where we had the menopause data, so we can see actually what's going on. And uh, the reason for starting this study was actually our commercial customers, because we went to the market maybe about two years ago now, and mm -hmm. we kept getting clients, because our biggest cohort is 40s to 60s. So we mm -hmm. kept getting these super healthy women who are not doing anything um, wrong and they had very accelerated aging and we would ask them are you in menopause or and and they would say no i still have my cycle it's regular so we would we were, you were like what's going on and, 
And yeah. then we learn that you don't actually diagnose menopause. Mm -hmm. you, you diagnose it retrospectively. So you wait all the years in perimenopause, which can be up to a decade. Mm -hmm. And then you have to wait a year, not having a cycle for a whole year, plus one day. And then officially you're allowed to be in menopause. All of the one year and before. one day. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. So doesn't sound very modern way of testing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a problem because a lot of the symptoms of perimenopause, which can last uh, up to a decade, mm -hmm. th there's up to 40 different symptoms and there are many different things. So from anxiety, depression, joint pains, heart palpitations, often the women are misdiagnosed. So you would have all mm -hmm. these symptoms over decades and you get a diagnosis with fibromyalgia or depression. <laughs> Most of them are put on antidepressant and you don't wow. know that this is related to your hormones because you can't mm -hmm. run a simple test. So mm -hmm. now a big part of our research is uh, seeing if we can use this as a diagnostic for perimenopause because mm -hmm. we see this in, in every woman and then the response to therapy. So can we personalize and optimize the therapy so you get the long-term uh, health benefits and then also understanding the mechanism, not just that menopause is an aging event as we all go through, but it's a health risk. It's a hormone mm -hmm. deficiency. It, it impacts mm -hmm. all of our systems. And if we address it as a health risk, then we are looking at it from the long-term health perspective, not just the symptoms as well. And I think this is such an exciting space to aging as a disease is such that it is optional, that there's so much we can do around it. And obviously it's starting with biological age testing. So it's, you know, getting that baseline, where are you right now? What's going well? What needs to be tweaked? And then re retesting, right? After like, and at what intervals do you recommend people to test and then retest? Depends what you're doing. If you're just following your age, you can test annually. So if you're not doing any big lifestyle change, you can just mm -hmm. monitor it as an age metrics and, and test around your birthday. We even have plans mm -hmm. where you can select to get tested around your birthday. <laughs> this is when <laughs> most of us think about it. Yeah, I, I guess it depends doing... on the result though, if you want to know the, the, on your birthday, if you're doing better or worse. <laughs> well, if you've done it the year before, then you're prepared. And if you, okay. Well, if you're doing something, you will see back quick. So there's mm -hmm. other, you can, depends on the intervention, but if you're doing a dietary intervention, which is not stressful, so you're not exercising and dieting at the same time, then within three months, you can see a very nice positive shift. Mm -hmm. If it's weight loss, we say wait up to six months because it takes a little while for your, it, it is stress in the body as well. So wait a little, give yourself time. Don't, don't be upset if after three months you get the same results. So we say wait six months. <laughs> <laughs> if it's, exercise so if you're an athlete and you're optimizing performance then you would want mm -hmm. to do it every three months and measure the inflammation going up and down and you would mm -hmm. see it go up as you compete and you'll see it go down uh, as you recover and any other therapies supplements we we don't yet know but the recommendation is not less than two to three months because glycans have a half-life meaning it takes at least 21 days to see half of a change so it takes a bit longer for you to see an impact that makes sense as well. I want to talk about for women, some of the um, interventions you were talking about in terms of if, you know, sort of from the age of, let's say, 35 or what, what age, I guess, I'll ask you, should women start being very aware that they could be going into perimenopause and how much aging actually happens from that and, and what can actually be done? It's very individual. So the, the biggest problem, well, first, 
the problem is that we call it menopause because menopause is the end. It's a hormone deficiency and that hormone deficiency can start a decade before. So, and the problem is there's such a taboo about it that you sometimes don't want to accept that yes, these hormones are declining in my late 30s or early 40s. Yeah, you want to feel like you're still 20 forever, right? <laughs> yes. So yeah. around early 40s, and that's, so in the NHS, you would say 45 to 55 is, is the span, but one in 100 women have menopause before the age of 40 and one in 1,000 before the age of 30. So it can be very young. You could, mm -hmm. you could be. And even with, with, with like what, from when the hormones start declining, right? I mean, I know, you know, when women have kids or whatever as well, there's that typical baby brain, right? So the um, brain fog, et cetera, and it's kind of just written off. But, um, you know, how do you get back to that optimal health and, and cognition and, and get rid of that baby brain? Um, by, by checking the hormones. So by doing the, the biological age testing, it would allow you to realize, okay, there is something going on and, and to look at hormone replacement therapy. Is that something that you it's, see? It's not, it's not something that we recommend yet because we, we don't know. We do know, we don't recommend testing in pregnancy or even a couple years post-pregnancy because in pregnancy, because of the high hormone levels, you'll have a better score. So not, mm -hmm. estrogen is an anti-inflammatory. You will naturally have a much younger result, for, mm -hmm. particularly in the third trimester. And then post-pregnancy, it all goes in the opposite direction <laughs> for, for the majority. I've had two kids, I know. <laughs> and the lack of sleep and, and everything else that goes with it, yeah. <laughs> and that's all of that together. And that's some don't have as much of a dramatic change, but we see in case studies, you can age up to a year post-birth. Mm -hmm. uh, and it takes a year or two for you to recover. And that's mm -hmm. hormones, probably sleep, so many different things w which are impacting it. So we say at that mm -hmm. point, probably don't test and don't worry, unless you're very curious so about how you want this information. Um, <laughs> but it's your body trying to get used to first go back to the shape it was and then also get used to all the changes. But then mm -hmm. a couple of years post, if all of that is still a problem, then yes, maybe there should be some type of intervention that would help you. Mm -hmm. Really exciting. And so what are some developments happening over at Glycan Age, Nina, that, that you want to share? Um, maybe you can talk a bit about that. Well, it's, it's mainly perimenopause now. So we want mm -hmm. to crack that and see if we can find a diagnostic for it because the majority of women are misprescribed. Over 66% of UK are just given antidepressants for the symptoms. So if we can find the cause correctly... <laughs> That, that would be great. And women's health in general. So we do, we've never looked at fertility before. That's a big question mark. So we are looking for just research-based, different cohorts to understand um, how it correlates. And we do know that with conditions like PCOS, uh, mm -hmm. the pro-inflammatory glycans would be responsive to testosterone. So testosterone in women would drive these pro-inflammatory structures. Mm -hmm. uh, and after that, well, sports as well in Paris. So we have a lot of research projects going. So in sports, we want to see if we can predict injury. And mm -hmm. that's going to take time until we get there. But we have lots of experience with our clients when they have highly elevated glycanage and, and chronic inflammation. A couple months later, they have an injury. So we want to see scientifically now, can we prove mm -hmm. this out? And then can we use this as a metric to predict injury and hopefully extend athletes um, career time because that, that mm -hmm. would mean a, a lot for them 
And I think that and diet. So that microbiome is one big area of, of, of research. So we're looking at different interventions that improve the gut microbiome because it's mm -hmm. a very symbiotic relationship. So we know that if you, and we know this from uh, clinical trials, which were um, fecal microbiome transplants. So it's not something <laughs> we recommend to, to consumers, but you can just increase the diversity of plants in your diet and mm -hmm. improve your gut. That's like a general rule if you, eat 30 different plants uh, a week. And we see even in mm -hmm. individual case studies, they reduce quite significantly uh, mm -hmm. if they include more plants, particularly if they're local, because then the plant, they've been in local soil. So if you're informing your immune system about your environment and informing your system doesn't create inflammation. So if you improve the immune system in, in your gut, you also improve the immune system in the blood and your aging and longevity which is very simple. It's something that each of us can do and it doesn't cost us anything. And you don't even need to do the test. You can just increase <laughs> diversity. But well, you can do the test before. Yeah. I think that that's fun. I mean, anyone who likes data and numbers, it's fun to kind of be like, okay, where am I now? And then look at some of the different tweaks you can do. And I think with the 30 different um, plants a week, um, I love the expression sort of eat the rainbow. And so it's really getting that sort of mix of colors and things as well, because... I think most people at this stage have heard it, but you know, your, your gut is really your second brain. And um, I think that there's as many neurons in your gut as there is in a dog's brain. I heard that recently, which I thought was absolutely interesting because my, my dog surprises me every now and then how intelligent she actually is. So I thought, okay, I better yeah, be taking I, I... care of the gut quite properly as well. Um, but those sound like really, really exciting research trials that you're doing. And, and would you then develop protocols for people to... Uh, to use to improve then their their health um, coming up off the back of the results from the trials? Yes. So first you start with a biomarker mm -hmm. and then you find different therapies and ways to influence it. Mm -hmm. And of course, we always have this overall biomarker, which is glycinase, which looks at all the glycans uh, mm -hmm. on your antibodies. And then that's impacted by everything. So now we're separating little bits and see if, if, if how they apply to different specific applications. But Amazing. General aging, you want feedback on everything. So you want it to be as comprehensive as possible, and then you dive into the details. Into the details as well. Nina, where can people find out more about glycan age? Where can they order a test kit? Where can they start um, reversing their biological age? What would you recommend? They can go online, or if they're if they're on our Instagram now, we try and create a lot of these uh, simplified videos to translate the science. You mm -hmm. can order the box to your home address. It's available internationally. So we have customers in over 40 different countries. Mm -hmm. Each of the tests comes with a consultation and it's, it is very motivational. So if you're looking for your, if you're still working on your New Year's resolutions, then this is a good time to do it. And if you're putting your energy and effort in anything for your health, you want the feedback if it's working for you in terms of your long-term health, otherwise, you may be just doing it for physique, but actually damaging your long-term health. So it's, it's good mm -hmm. to have that feedback. I think all of us have that goal. We just don't have very specific ways to measure it, but now we do. But now we do, which is so exciting. So just asking anybody listening, if there's any questions for Nina, um, let us know now. Um, feel free to just type in the comments down below. Um, but was uh, otherwise really, really great to have you on, uh, Nina, today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and all things biological age testing and glycans. So such a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you. Thank you.
Hi everyone, this is Claudia again. Before you take off, would you like to get a short email from me with some short but sweet fun tips, tricks and updates on all things longevity and lifestyle? This could be cool products that I've discovered, interesting posts or articles I've read, and other fun and helpful things around longevity and lifestyle I've found for you. It's a very short piece of inspiration for you a few times a month. So if you want to receive it, check it out by going to longevity-and-lifestyle.com. That's longevity-and-lifestyle.com. And leave your email to sign up for the next one.